0: If your school was growing and growing and growing, but it wasn't aligned, it wasn't staying true to the reason why you designed it, would you have the courage to stop it, to shut it down, to pivot, to relaunch? If somebody was going to offer you, if I was going to offer you a multi-million dollar contract, could you say no? These were some of the decisions that today's guest, Tristan White, had to wrestle with, and he took a counterintuitive approach. Things were good and growing, and he shut it down. Multi-million dollar connections? No, that's not that's not aligned with where I want to go. He said. For Tristan, he knows it's true that culture is everything. So we're going to get into those stories: how he found the courage to say no, how he pivoted, and how he builds world-class cultures. This is a great one you won't want to miss. Hey, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizeBinder.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. It's basically like a Fitbit for teachers, helping them be mindful of teacher talk versus student talk. Get a special 20% discount for your school or district by visiting TeachFX.com forward slash BLBS. Have you ever wondered what kind of leader makes a good Mastermind member? Well, recently I asked the leaders I serve and here's what they said about their peers. Eileen, a deputy head in Qingdao, China said, Mastermind members are supportive, wise, and not afraid to kick your butt. Chris, a vice principal in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, courageous risk takers and learners are how I describe my Mastermind peers. And finally, Melody, a principal in Kentucky, said Mastermind members are generous, driven, and never satisfied with the status quo. If that sounds like you or peers that you'd like to surround yourself with, apply to the Mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Hey there, Ruckus Makers. I am here with Tristan White, the founder and CEO of The Physio Company, a unique healthcare business that not only ranked number one on BRW's list of Australia's 50 best places to work, but has made that list for 10 consecutive years. Tristan believes we spend such a huge part of our lives working that we have to find a way to enjoy it. Tristan's passionate about sharing what he's learned through his blog and podcast, as well as through speaking opportunities at conferences and corporate events around the globe. In his book, Culture is Everything, Tristan shares his system for building a great place to work, and he's here to share some of those steps today. Tristan, welcome to the show.
1: Danny, I'm excited to be here with you. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, You know, I'll say that we've both gone through the Alt-MBA, and uh, I just want to highlight that because that puts a huge smile on my face, and uh, so it's just an honor to have you on the show. But One of the things where I want to start is how you kind of slowed things down, you know, a bit with your business and your organization, and that's just, that's really interesting because a lot of times I think leaders want to grow and grow and grow, right, and to say, you know what? I think something's maybe not working here. Let's revisit, rethink, let's hit pause. Can
1: we start with that story? Uh, of course, Danny. It's, uh, it's a relatively recent one. An important part of my story is that I, I am a physical therapist or, or physiotherapist as we, we're known down here in Australia. And I've been leading a physical therapy business that helps seniors stay mobile, safe and happy for, for a long time, since 2004. And the, there was a significant growth story from the physio Co. and I was very connected to the growth story. It was very important to me to continue to grow and to keep serving more older people and build a, a larger team, which was also a great place to work. But Danny, it was just last year in, in late 2019, we we made a very big decision, which did change the course of of our business. And that is that um, we we opted to not renew a contract to provide physical therapy services to a large group of of nursing homes or aged care facilities um, across uh, four states of Australia. And that was seventy locations, seven zero locations that we strategically or decided not to um, not to keep working in. And that was a big decision, not only for the impact on our company, but for, of the older people that we did serve, that did live in those aged care facilities, of the team members that their work was going to be disrupted significantly. Our team was going to get smaller. But Danny, the the reason behind the change is not only the belief that um, the industry or the direction we need to head in serving older people is a very much a person-centred approach where we need to meet people where they are. And that means helping older people stay mobile, safe and happy wherever they call home and do it in a person-centred way, which meets their needs to be an informed consumer. And we just felt like the, the direction that we were headed by having to do uh, deliver our service in a very specific way within these aged care facilities, which were very Controlled by the the government funded funding streams that come for the, for these facilities, uh, we just felt that for two two reasons that um, both happen to be c words, um, Danny, and they're not rude words. One of them is the commercials. It was very difficult to to run the business um, in in that very restrictive environment. But more importantly, was the culture. Um, of our organisation, we just didn't feel like we could be our true selves, deliver the service, and and be as as useful to the world and to our clients if we were to continue in that direction. So we opted to um to not renew, to get a bit smaller, but to focus on helping our older people and be more connected to our older clients uh, in a more meaningful way. And, and that was a, a big change that we're still not recovering from, but still finding our feet with the uh, as the as the year progresses, Danny.
0: Right. And so I think you were calling that the the person centered approach. I'd love you to to dig into that a little bit more because you know, I think sometimes school leaders may fall uh into a stumbling block where they think they have the school has to be all things for all people. And I, I couldn't disagree more. You have to, to me, say, you know, pick an edge, put a put a flag in the sand and say, This is what we stand for. Here's how we serve kids. At least what we're great at, and we want to be known for it, you know we so much so we're willing to be punished for it if you don't agree so can can you talk to me a little bit about maybe what that became for your company in this person centered
1: approach? Danny, I, I hear you, I understand you, and I, I apply the same approach to, uh, to having to, to stand for something. Uh, if you don't stand for something, then, or if you don't actively choose to stand for something, then you really do stand for nothing, and, and that is a, a big challenge. And so instead of trying to be an organisation of physical therapists who serve everyone, who serve older people from every, who live in, um, in aged care facilities from these government-funded um, environments, to older people who live in their own homes, in retirement villages, in, in maybe with their children, um, in the in the backyards, granny flats, all sorts of different locations, we decided that we'd choose to work with older people who really do believe that they can, they live an independent life it, to the best of their health and ability, and that they are willing to work with us to set a meaningful goal that's of interest to them and we will help them to set and we will work hard with them to set and smash that meaningful goal and so we're looking for purposeful older people who understand that maybe the prime of their physical life may not they may not be running marathons but they can absolutely still get up get moving and make the very best of their of their lives no matter where they find themselves in in um, in life and that environment where people are engaged and sometimes it's the older person and sometimes it's the family member often for various reasons often it's the eldest daughter of the family happens to be the the most regular caregiver if you will and it's very that's a very traditional type of trend but uh, Danny what we found is by really focusing on an older person who is meaningfully connected to their health and is, is dedicated to doing their very best to improve and to be support a older people who are supported by and or actively encouraged by their um, their family, often their children. Then we're able to get better results. And we can engage more deeply with these people and often set one goal and make progress towards uh, that goal, which might be simply walking with a with a walker or with a, a, a walking stick or the like for a short distance. But we can set Smash that goal, help them with their strength and their mobility and their fitness, and then all of a sudden they, they become, whoa! What else can I do? And starting to set a goal around perhaps going to a family member's birthday party or going out to, uh, to their favourite restaurant or their favourite cafe to watch a, a grandchildren grandchild play sport. And by really focusing on a specific type of older person that's in our niche, if you will, then we're able to be very person-centered in our approach and and deliver a better service as opposed to trying to service everyone who may not be as engaged, as focused, and therefore we can't be as person-centered. So that's our approach to the the person-centered approach, Danny. I so
0: appreciate and relate to that story, Tristan. It actually reminds me of my mom uh, in her fitness school, I think is connected to me in some sense because when she visits right at least when I've lived over here in Europe it's not like we're driving around as much sure there's some public transportation but there's a lot of walking involved and uh for her to be able to just keep up right and enjoy life and, and uh hang out with her son Uh, there's a level of fitness there. So I've also helped. It's too bad you're not in the States. I've helped and hired uh, uh, somebody that's that's like specializing in workout, you know, for uh, older folks. And uh, she does that. And so I'm so proud of her. And mom, if you're listening, love you very much. Well, uh, Tristan, let's let's talk about culture. You brought that up a couple of times. It's very important uh, for all organizations, especially schools. And I love to pick your brain because I like that you have a viewpoint that uh, it's not as intangible as people might think, right? It's not so out of touch. And it could even be um, systematized like professional development or maybe even creating curriculum, which um, I don't have that strength. So I'm really excited to learn from what
1: you have to say around this. And so let's talk culture. Uh, Danny, I love it. It's one of, it's my, close to my favourite topic. Uh, I'd love to tell you more. And, and, um, and Danny, just to quickly speak to that concept of systemising or systematising culture. Look, I, I, I come from a. I'm a physical therapist by profession, a, a technician who work with clients with my hands, and and knowing how to lead a team and then build a strong uh, culture that can be sustained uh, over a long period of time it was completely foreign to me. I, I learnt this stuff from the from the ground up, and I I can really not understand, but consider the the um the angle that that the ruckus makers in your in your crew uh, are, are coming from because. To, um, teachers typically coming from a technical teaching pro- side of things, and you know, I'm coming from a physical therapy perspective. But um, but culture is definitely something that can be systemized, and um, and I think the beauty of thinking of it as a system is that we can then put the pieces in place. And look, I've discovered these 19 steps that I reckon are really important to build a really strong culture, and they're the things that I've sort of outlined in in a four part. Uh, the culture is everything system has got four parts to it and I, and I explain it like that to uh to hopefully make it more memorable and more easy to remember and then implement, Danny. So that's the that's the concept. No, I really
0: appreciate that. And I, I know those nineteen steps, uh they're broken into four buckets. And I, I think you mentioned there might be a, a download available as well for ruckus makers. So where where could they
1: get their hands on that? Yeah. so Danny will will definitely be able to put that into the um into the show notes but um but tristanwhite.com.au is my home on the web um and on the very homepage there there's a spot to uh, to download the the culture is everything checklist which is the 19 steps to uh that I believe are needed to build a great place to work uh, at tristanwhite.com.au
0: And like Tristan said, we'll have that linked up for you in the show notes so you can go ahead and uh, grab that. Uh, Tristan, uh, can you share any of those those steps or ideas to maybe what the appetite of the ruckus maker to go
1: to that site and download this great resource? Entirely, Danny, I'd love to. The, the four parts to the four buckets, if you will, to the culture is everything system. The first part is, is discover the core. And discover the core is, is a big concept. It's about understanding, um, discover, digging deep into your organisation I and mean, what is the core purpose? What are we really here to do? What Simon Sinek might call it our why. You might know it as your cause or your, your reason for being, but really discovering a compelling core purpose that explains why your um, school or why your organization exists and an example from my perspective is the Co. our organization exists to help seniors stay mobile, safe and happy. The PhysioCo exists to help seniors stay mobile, safe and happy. That's our cause, that's our core purpose and so discover the core including a core purpose and then at three to five core values or behaviors of the of the team and of the organization is the first part. So, so Danny, discover the core is the first of the four parts. Document the future is the second of the four parts. Document the future is about peering off down the road and doing our very best to decide what we're trying to achieve, what is the vision for the for the organization and some people might might say that it's much easier to establish that in a in a startup or a, or a private organisation. There's no reason why it can't also apply to to schools and, and to all sorts of organisations. We just have to work within the boundaries of, of what we what we do have control over. But um, like being person centred, standing for something, and peering off and saying this is what we're going to work towards is a really powerful way of building a, a strong organisation that is meaningful. So discover the core the first part document the future is the second of the of the four parts the third is execute relentlessly And Execute Relentlessly doesn't seem to fit on first uh, scan with a culture-based system, uh, Danny. However, if you're going to build a system of any description, then you really need to make sure that you are executing your own system and living your own values, your own purpose, executing towards your own vision. And in Execute Relentlessly, there's two parts I really describe that are important. One is a rhythm of communication making sure that there really is a really clear rhythm of communication with team members. And I really, I'm a big fan of daily huddle type communication. It's a short, sharp stand-up um, meeting that can happen for administration team members, teaching team members, um, or all sorts of members of an organisation can do it either in person and or virtually. Um, so execute relentlessly is the third part. And the fourth part, Danny, is called show more love. And showing love is as simple as it sounds, but that is don't be a manager or a leader that manages by catching people doing something wrong and only speaking to people when, they, when they're not quite living up to expectations. We need to be leaders that catch people doing something right, recognise it, tell the story, acknowledge people in the moment. Uh, that's one part of it. But also being an empathetic leader that shows more love when things don't go so great in people's lives. And we're all human beings. We have sweet spots and great times. And we have times when people are ill in our family, people do pass away in our families and in our personal lives and it does affect our professional lives and by being a, a connected leader that shows more love to people in, in an appropriate way uh, when things aren't going great in your team member's life is a really is the fourth part of the of the system so discover the core document the future execute relentlessly and show more love and a, and a pro tip, Danny, is that um, for some quick wins, uh, if people download the checklist, quick wins go straight to section four, to the show more love section. Uh, but if you, if you really want to build the foundations and make sure you've got all the systems in place, then do start from the, the bit more harder work required with discover the core and document the future. But, um, but working through it is the, is the real power. But if you want some quick wins, get head straight to the show more love section.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an incredibly valuable resource. And with those quick wins, it reminds me of a book, I don't know if you read it, uh, called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Anker. And he talks about how uh, uh, a ratio within your organization, you need three positive comments to every one negative to balance it. And in, in marriage or in uh, meaningful relationships, that ratio is even higher. I think it's five to one or seven to one. But at, at the core of that, uh, show more love is, like you said, it's, it's really important to be looking for the good instead of looking and inspecting for the bad. So I'm really enjoying this conversation about culture, Tristan, but we're going to pause here just for a moment for a message from our sponsors. And when we get back, I'd like to talk about uh, your book and your club, uh, Culture is Everything. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. Better Leaders, Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Kateras using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash B-L-B-S. All right, and we're back with Tristan White, and we were talking about culture. Uh, everything is culture in his book, Culture is Everything. So uh, tell, us, tell us, Tristan, about your,
1: your book, and uh, tell us about your club too. Danny, the, the book called Culture is Everything, which has been out for a couple of years, is the, it's the subtitle is The Story and System of a Startup, that became Australia's best place to work and it really does tell the the, the startup story of our business the Physio Co. Um, and at the same time it introduces the concept of the culture is everything system that we were just talking through and, um, and so in some ways it's, it's a story and an inspirational story of a of a startup in an ugly duckling industry uh, Danny that's uh, healthcare for older people ain't the sexiest uh, industry to to be in in a lot of people's eyes Depends on who you ask. You got it. That's right. It's, the, it's uh, the the beauty is that it's the it's the sweetest spot that I'd like to be in, Danny. I, I love it, and there's plenty of people that are, that uh, are in the same place. But traditionally, uh, in healthcare, uh, elite sports, and and those type of uh, industries, and surgery, and 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 the like, are probably the the pointy end of um of the healthcare industry, as opposed to working with older people in uh, in nursing homes and old, and aged care facilities. But, Danny, the book Culture is Everything uh, tells the story of the Physio Co., which is uh, hopefully an inspiring for p- story for some, but it also introduces the Culture is Everything system and talks through how it was applied in, uh, in growing, establishing, and, and building the Physio Co. And that's the book, Danny. And, but interestingly, if at any point in the last probably five years or maybe more, if anyone had asked me, tell me, Tristan, what does it take to build a, a really strong culture and a great place to work, I would wholeheartedly have answered by pointing them to the Culture is Everything system and the 19-step checklist. And today I still point them in that direction, but there's something else that is required in addition to that system and that is a leader or leaders who are willing to lean in to be curious, to understand themselves in a self-awareness, a forever learning self-awareness type of way and people who are willing to lead, adjust, to to tailor the system and to tailor the the way they lead to the people on their team and the the, um, students and all the people that they serve Um, and so the culture is everything system combined with a group of leaders who are forever learning, forever growing and forever applying themselves to become the best versions of themselves is the the full package, if you will. And and that is why just this year, I've started an online community called the Culture Is Everything Club. And the Culture Is Everything Club is a safe place for business leaders to learn the skills, build the confidence and be supported to be the best leaders they can be. And so that together we can uh, work through um, Each month there is a different theme that we explore. Last month was um, um, leading yourself first so you can lead other people. And this month it is the foundations of leadership, including planning, leading, organising and checking. They are the first couple of themes. But each month we go into a a new theme to help the leader to develop so they can become the best version of themselves and then apply the Culture is Everything system. So ultimately, Danny, we create more great places to work in the world. That's uh, that's the, the purpose that I'm doing my best to try and serve.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful mission as well. So, you know, I I I think a lot of times like why can't schools for example be the best place to work in the community, you know? And if it was truly known as that, like how would that how would that transform everything? for that school for that community uh for the kids and the education they they uh receive so i appreciate your work digging into this very very important topic and um you, you know you you brought up being a brave and a self-aware leader i know we've both gone through the alt mba and so i would like to to ask you just about that that experience you know maybe if there was a a highlight for you or, or the most impactful moment you know uh what well,
1: what was that for you Danny, I think there's there's two. If you were to ask that that question to, to many old MBA alumni or graduates, there's possibly two answers. And that is, one might have a a, a an aha moment where where there was a, there was a, a real moment during that time, and there might be some others where it's be more of a an accumulation of of moments and, and thoughts throughout. And and I'm definitely in the latter category. There's no one killer aha moment for me, but one thing that was really really important for me is just the, the concept, which is, it's not a new concept, but it's the more you give of yourself, the more you can serve others and, and the, the better human being you can become. And the old MBA created environment for me to, to not just be a student and turn up and to contribute, but to really lean in and, and really contribute in a, in a way that I've never contributed to in an online or offline learning environment in the past. And I've studied to be a physical therapist. I've studied an MBA. I've studied all sorts of other other courses. But it really created a safe space for me to, to lean in and be the best student I can be to learn for myself, but at the same time, set the bar or set the example for others to give the best of themselves. And, and so I think that concept was reinforced and it actually proved to me that I've got so much more to give, Danny, by, by that experience. So I think that's probably the, the learning from, um, from from the old MBA for me. It's a generous place, that's for sure. And you've been uh, generous with your time,
0: Tristan. So I'd like to move us to the uh, last two questions that I ask everybody. First one being, uh, what message would you put on all school marquees across the globe if you could
1: do so for just a day? Danny, the the message is, and it's the name of the podcast that I actually host as well. I'm, I'm a podcaster, and the name of my podcast is Think Big act small. And uh, I'm a wholeheartedly believe that all of us have got so much to give if we do take the time to zoom out and think big as to what's possible, but then act in the smallest, kindest, most generous way we can to then move ourselves, our community, our school, our family forward. And so think big, act small would be the reminder that I I would put on all those marquees. Love it. That's one of my favorite uh, coaching questions, right? What's the next easiest
0: step you could take? So it makes me uh, think of that. All right, Tristan, and you're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation's your imagination. How would you build your dream school and what would be your top three
1: priorities? Danny, this is a, I'm not from the education industry, so I'm, I'm doing my best to try and answer this in, in the best way I can but what i've learned both from my experience in the old mba from my experience building the culture everything club and more recently from this uh, covid-19 pandemic that so that that has been a dominant force in 2020 is that education is a concept that can happen anywhere. And uh, and of course, that concept is not new, but I would really, I'd be really focused on a hybrid type of learning where home learning is combined with classroom learning uh, and, and along with uh, experiential type of learning because I've got small children and the value that... It has brought our life, um, both our children's life and my, my, life, my wife and I, by having them learning from home has been amazingly powerful for us and it's a real shining light out of a really difficult year and difficult situation. So hybrid online, home, remote learning and classroom would be the first the first thing. Uh, secondly, Danny, I'd, I'd really love it to be, a, based upon uh, getting as much experience from people from different industries as we can. And, I, and that's what you're doing here with your ruckus makers um, on this uh, this podcast. But I, I think there's so much that we can learn from, yes, maybe the elite of elite athletes, elite presenters, elite teachers and the like, but what about people who are doing it tough? What are the people that are in a different situation from where, where we are? How do we do our best to learn, embrace and find the thing that not only can help our lives, our existence, but also to connect with other people. So somehow having a, a, a more experiential type of life focused um, curriculum would be the, the second part. And the third part, um, Danny, uh, th- this is just coming to me as I, as I think this through but somehow, bringing as much fun to um, to to school as we as we can, because uh, I think that we all know that we, as an adult, I learn things better when there's some entertainment or uh, some lightheartedness uh, mixed up with the the stronger messages as well. And uh, life ain't all fun, that's for sure. But I think that um, it helps to embed messages and build memories. And I think education's got a lot to do with uh, with memory building, from from my perspective, Danny. So that's my best uh, my best response on the spot for you, Danny.
0: No, it's brilliant. And I I really like asking this question to non-educators because uh, uh, it gives us an outside look, perspective into what's going on the inner workings of school. Joel Weldon says, it's really hard to read the label on a jar when you're inside the jar, right? And so that's why I asked this question, why I love asking people like you. And uh, In terms of keeping things light, you know, in my book, I, I say ridiculous things all the time. And Part of it is just to stretch people because if they don't get all the way there, well, what's halfway there that'll make things better? So keeping things light, and this is rule number six too, when somebody's just acting like a jerk and taking themselves too seriously at school, I say that there should be just pies available so you could just smash it in people's faces just to lighten the mood. Like, come on, guys, let's uh, recalibrate here. All right. Well, Tristan, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we talked about today, what's the
1: one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? The one thing I'd love ruckus makers to remember is that culture is everything to creating an environment where team members can give their very best and you can serve people in the most powerful way. But uh, culture is everything is the concept and culture a culture can be supported by a sustainable, systemized process or system that, um, that doesn't have to be this airy-fairy airy, intangible concept that many people first think of culture in uh, in when they first become a leader. So culture is everything backed by a repeatable system, Danny. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders Better
0: Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker.